Good morning, Clinton United Methodist Church. This is Pastor Michael coming to you live and in person from the mezzanine. I am so happy to see you all here this morning, um, or at least your cars. Uh, and thank you for those of us, those of you who are joining us, uh, listening on the phone. Um, I, uh, I hope it is as bright and sunny of a day for you as it is outside in nature. It's a gorgeous day out, um, and hopefully we'll have some more of these to come. And now that I said that, it'll probably snow four feet tonight. A um, couple of things before we get to all the fun stuff. Don't forget, we have Ad Board this Wednesday, uh, or Ad Board and Finance uh, meeting. That at, starts at 6.30. Um, so hope to see you there if you are uh, supposed to be there. And if you're not sure, just ask me or Sheila, and hopefully one of us will know the answer if you're supposed to be there. Um, and I'm going to hand it over to Nancy, who's going to tell you some more fun stuff. Oh, yeah. No, this is not Nancy. Okay. Uh, after church today, if we have a, a couple of people, we want to move a couple boxes and bins out to the shed. We'll probably put them in the back of a car and take them out there. So if we can get a couple extra people to move a few things, that would be wonderful and appreciated. Okay, this is Nancy. I have a f quite a few things here today. Um, Carol and Dan Tapp sent a message. Uh, Dear Clinton United Methodist Church members and friends, thank you so much for thinking and praying for Dan and I throughout our health issues. Dan now has a pacemaker and seems to be stabilized. I have a new knee and they say I have progressed well. We certainly enjoyed having the lovely assortment of Christmas cookies, and then being surprised with the Valentine gifts of flowers, a lovely decorative Valentine ha hanger, and cookies delivered by mom and a darling daughter. Thank you so much. Also, I want to thank Linda, Luann, Sheila, and Wilda, Phyllis, and the rest of you have sent cards or stopped by to drop off things for us, food, potted flowers. We certainly appreciate it all. Our church has always been a caring church. And I've got from Rosemary Relitz, the phrase is simple and the words are few, but behind them is a whole lot of appreciation. Thanks for my Valentine goodie bag. And now I have a message from Louise Padoan. I would like to thank the fantastic and loving people of the Clinton United Methodist Church for their caring ways of showing God's love. It is always a wonderful feeling to think one is not totally forgotten, even when it's not possible to get together as normal. I received a large, varied, and fantastic tray of beautiful cookies at Christmas, and this time I wasn't even asked to contribute something, <laughs> as something I have loved doing for many years. I guess that means somewhere along the line I must have gotten old, but I'm still not old. I can't bake cookies to help when needed. For today, I received a lovely Valentine's Day carnation along with cookies for my husband and myself. Such totally unexpected and lovely surprise. 
simply can't wait to be able to meet again to sing with and hug my wonderful church family. And we have a message from the Sharon United Methodist Church. They're going to have 1,250 boxes of food to give away Saturday, March 13th from 10 a.m. to noon. And if it's on Pleasant Lake Road, and if you need every, any more information, their phone number is 734-428-0996. Okay. Uh, we still have a position open for a historian. Uh, the mem apparently we've got a membership secretary and they still need somebody to help out with the youth and uh, the, the Sunday school. The first through third grade. So if somebody's interested and loves to work with children, I don't know who you contact. Oh, contact the pastor. <laughs> the sewing club is up and running. And if you would, are interested in getting together to sew and would like more information, please contact Diana or Sheila. They are social distancing to keep everyone safe. Our, their meetings for March will be Thursday, March 11th, and Monday, March 22nd at 6.30 p.m. And there's still time to join them. The upcoming events meetings are March 7th, Communion Sunday, March 10th, the blood drive, the finance ad board meeting at 6.30. March 11th is the food pantry. March 14th is the noisy coin collection. March 25th is a Swiss steak dinner. And March 28th is Palm Sunday and the children's Easter egg scavenger hunt. Um, the other ones, let's see. Don't forget the women of the church are starting a cookbook again and we, it's, it's an extension of one they st we started quite a few years ago. So um, if you have any recipes for appetizers or, and or breads that you can share, please get them to Linda or drop them with the greeters on Sunday morning. And the Easter egg hunt is Palm Sunday. All candy needs to be here. So if you can donate candy for this, it, that would be appreciated too. And um, the Swiss steak dinner, we need a collection. They're gonna make the Texas sheet cakes here, but they'd like some people to donate money for the, to buy the things to put in them. I guess that's all. And next is our, we do have a hymn that's not in the uh, bulletin. We're gonna sing number 390, forgive give our sins as we forgive. After the call to worship. After the call to worship. Oh, after? Yeah. Oh, okay. First the call to worship. Okay, we're gonna have the call to worship first. <laughs> Heaven is declining, declaring God's glory. Sky is proclaiming God's handiwork. One day gushes the news to the next. And, and one, one night, night informs another, another what, needs what needs to be known. To be known. There is no speech, there are no words. Their, their voices, voices cannot, cannot be heard, heard by us. Yet their sound extends throughout the world. Their, their words, words reach, reach the, the ends, ends of the, of the earth. earth. Now number three. Now, now the hymn.
opening prayer. Gracious, Gracious God, God, whose power is made perfect in weakness, whose wisdom appears as foolishness in this world, we thank you for the scandal of the cross. In Jesus Christ, you overturn all our usual ways of behaving and believing. You scatter our false notions of discipleship as easily as coins are spilled from a box. You correct our notions of piety and order with fierce passion. Do not let your church become content or contained as an institution. Raised to ruins is distorted in us and raise us to new life as a community so that we may be the body of Christ in and for the world. With fear and joy, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. The next hymn is How Great Thou Art, found on page 77 in your hymnals.
Please join me <clears throat> aloud in our prayer for illumination. God of glory, we cannot hear the heavens proclaim your handiwork, though the, the speech of the skies must be magnificent. magnificent. We, we cannot, cannot hear what day and night are singing about you, though their song must be both bright and deep. deep. Yet, Yet somehow you are made known to us through our own foolish proclamation. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that your word can be heard in our words. Open our ears to what you are saying to us today, we pray. And perhaps we may also hear echoes of your glory in the broad firmament above. In Christ's name we pray, amen. The first scripture reading today is Exodus 20, verses 1 through 17, the Ten Commandments. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the, for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, 
your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, Thanks Thanks be to God. The house of God is not a marketplace for buying and selling. It is a house of prayer, a place of healing and restoration, a place where we bring before God our provisions to be used for present needs. Let us bring our tithes and offerings to God. If you would please join me in our doxology. (laughs) 
Lord our God, we want to follow all your commandments, to love only you, not worshiping the things of this world, to love our neighbor freely, not desiring for ourselves something they possess. Accept these offerings, we pray, and teach us to be generous, giving fully of ourselves, that we may truly be the body of Christ in this world. Amen. Now it's time for our youth moment, so if our youth and children will head on in, and I will meet you there in one second. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah. Everybody awake? Yeah. yeah. No, not yet. I know, I'm, I'm still trying to wake up. Pastor Michael didn't have enough coffee this morning. Yeah, and then put it, just put it back on. You are fine. Okay, so um, in our first uh, reading from the Bible this morning, do you guys remember what, we, what, it, what it was about? What was it about? Um, I forgot. The ten, the 10 Commandments, that's right. And the Ten Commandments have a lot of good stuff in there. It's about being good to our family and our neighbors, about following God, not hurting people, not stealing. Those are all good stuff, right? But do you know that those are not the most important commandments? There are two that are more important. Does anybody know what they are? So later on when Jesus comes into the picture, someone asks him, what are the greatest commandments? And he tells them to love your God and love your neighbor and that those are the greatest commandments. So, those are, okay. um, so those are the greatest commandments. Those are the ones you guys want to focus on, okay? The Ten Commandments are great. There's a lot of good stuff in there. But the most important thing is to love God and love our neighbor, okay? And we've talked about that a lot, right? You guys have told me all kinds of cool ways we can love our neighbor. So, can we, can we do that this week? Can we work on loving God and loving our neighbor, but also 
try and not steal stuff and, and be good to our families and our neighbors and stuff like that? Is that okay? Yeah, that's that sound good? Yeah. Okay. Now, um, we're going to do the Lord's Prayer later during communion. Um, and I forgot last week to get you guys suckers. Um, but they're in, are they in here hiding? Okay, so hold on. We're going to get those in a second here. But there's something else I need you to do for me today. I need you guys during Sunday school to do your best to listen to all the cool stuff your teachers are going to tell you about because they've got some really good stuff for you today. Okay? Well, it's a surprise. You've got to wait. Um, okay, so everybody come get a sucker. And then it's time for Sunday school. Okay, well, then you don't have to take one. Olivia, do you want one? Okay. We, we'll get him, don't worry. Okay. All right, thank you, guys. Right. Um, this morning, in addition, uh, let's go through our prayer requests in our bulletin. We have prayers for Marion Sailor's brother, uh, Victor, who passed away. Uh, we are lifting prayers of condolences and comfort for that family. Uh, continued prayers for Terry Ross, uh, who had suffered another stroke. He is in hospice care. Um, 
he has been getting stronger and um, actually was eating cookies last time I talked to him. Um, don't know how many, um, but from what Phyllis has told me, they will give him pretty much anything he wants to eat. Um, so I am looking currently into how much a room costs, and I'm going to move in next door to him. Um, we have prayers for a young friend of Sandy's, uh, Hunter McCain, who is in need of healing mercies. Uh, prayers for uh, David uh, Gerbach, who has stage four colon cancer, which has metastasized. Um, we have prayers for the family of Judy Williams. Um, as I told you last week, uh, she's one of our former members who lives in Kentucky and has late stage cancer. Um, she passed away uh, this morning. Um, so we are praying for her family and her friends uh, as they are mourning her loss, but we are also thankful that she is no longer in pain. Um, we have uh, continued prayers for Alice uh, Wimple, who was diagnosed with COVID. Um, she was taken to St. Joe's with complications, so we are praying for her quick healing um, and that those complications don't grow and become uh, worse. We also have prayers for uh, Kumiko Tusta Waki and family. Uh, her mother passed away on February 14th. Um, and then a friend of Cleon's, Nicole Gandy, uh, just had her second breast surgery or breast cancer surgery. Uh, and so we are asking for prayers for her recovery from cancer and healing for her scars. Um, so if you would please keep all of those people in your prayers and join me now in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, we were taught to bring everything to you in prayer, both the things that give us joy and cause for celebration, as well as those things that weigh us down and make us struggle. This morning, we are lifting prayers for all of those who are suffering, whether physically, emotionally, or mentally, whether mourning the loss of a loved one, battling an illness or disease or virus, whether struggling with depression, God, whatever it might be, we lift them all into your healing hands and ask for your intervention and that you would continue to guide the hands and the efforts of the doctors and nurses and surgeons and lab technicians, research scientists, psychologists, psychiatrists, and so many more who work so hard to help heal your creation and relieve that suffering and pain. God, we also lift up prayers of thanks for all of those who work so hard to keep us safe in this world. We lift up prayers asking for you to watch over all of our servicemen and women serving in the military, our police and our firefighters, our first responders, and so many others. God, we ask that you would live in their hearts and their minds, guide them in their words and actions, keep them safe and strong. And Lord, for those who are far away from home, we pray that they may be able to return home soon and we could begin to see an end of conflict in our world. We lift to you our nation and every nation in the world. We continue to 
battle, political unrest, conspiracy, controversy, confusion, hatred, injustice, and so much more. God, we know this is a broken world, and we know that peace can only happen through you, but we ask that you would help us to work alongside you for that peace. Help us to see the light of truth, and that truth being how you see all of us as your beloved children, equal and worthy of being and mercy and love and grace. Help us to live and to be the people that you have called us and created us to be. Help us to be a shining light to the world of your love and grace. All of these things, as well as those we keep quietly on our own hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Despite all that God has taught us, we still act foolishly. We are still weak. In the cross of Christ, we find forgiveness and grace. We confess our sins trusting in God's wisdom and strength rather than our own. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer of confession. Merciful God, how fickle we are. We sin against you without even knowing it. Clear us, we pray, of any unknown sin, and save us from willfully ignoring your way. Let your commandments rule and guide us. Forgive us for worshiping anyone or anything except you. Keep us faithful. Forgive us for failing to honor all our relationships with those closest to us and those who are distant neighbors. Help us to speak words of blessing and kindness rather than words that belittle or destroy. Turn us away from violence, falsehood, and selfishness. Forgive us for thinking everything depends on our efforts and power. For you are the God who made us, led us out of slavery, and has brought us into the community of faith. Help us to depend on you alone and to rest in your peace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession. Beloved children of God, in Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and coming again, we are forgiven and set free to live in faithfulness with God and with one another. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please join, <clears throat> excuse me, please join, please join me in the affirmation of faith, which is from First Timothy, verse two, uh, Timothy two, verse five and six, and one, verse 15, and three, verse 16. 
There is one God and there is one mediator, Christ Jesus, who came as a ransom for all, to whom we testify. This, this saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance, acceptance that, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners and was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in throughout the world, taken up in glory. Great indeed is the mystery of the gospel. Amen. Our second scripture reading today is 1 Corinthians 1, verses 18 through 25. Christ, the power and wisdom of God. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning. I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, Thanks be to God. And our next hymn is The Old Rugged Crust, found on page 504 in your hymnals.
Our second reading for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. This section is titled, Jesus Cleanses the Temple. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. If you will please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Holy Savior, you spent 40 days in the wilderness fighting temptation and hunger. You spent three years in your ministry helping the poor, the oppressed, the hungry, the outcast, the afflicted, and so many more. You then gave your own life that the world might be saved. You gave up everything for the sake of others. This is the good news of the gospel. Help us to live into the light of that good news. Help us to share that good news with others. Help us to love you and one another. May the Holy Spirit enter our hearts, souls, and minds to inspire us to good works, loving acts, and words of mercy. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, here we are on the third Sunday in Lent. We are continuing in our Lenten sermon series, Good News in Challenging Times. Last week, in addition to looking at the good news that we continue to find throughout Scripture, both in the New and Old Testaments, we also talked more about looking at the good news in the world. Specifically, we highlighted how advances in cloning technology could allow us to help bring animal species off of the endangered list and possibly even bring back some others that are currently extinct. God calls us to care for God's creation, and these advances could allow us to do that and undo some of the mistakes of the past for some of these species. This week, the title for our message is Still More Good News. Let us again, as in previous weeks, begin with our first reading for today from the Old Testament, looking at the book of Exodus. Now, these verses are headed by the title, The Ten Commandments, and it is one that I am guessing many of you are familiar with at some level. Many of us know the Ten Commandments. Some of you may have even memorized them for Sunday school at one point. And this is an important passage for a lot of reasons. Please do not, understand, or do not misunderstand me. Uh, the Ten Commandments are a big deal in the history of the Jewish and Christian faith. But today, in this case, I am more interested in the first half of the second verse. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. In just that one statement, we find two extremely good pieces of news, especially for the Israelites. First off, we have the I am the Lord your God part. This is good news because God is telling them that God is their God. God chose them to be God's people. The second part of the statement, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, is also good news. God saved the people from the literal slavery in which they were held by the Egyptians. That is good news. Now, I know they kind of complained later on while forgetting how bad things actually were then, but at least in those first moments, I'm guessing most of the people were overwhelmingly excited and relieved. But this is also good news for us today. 
And I say that because if God were willing to save the Israelites from slavery back then and continue to hold covenants with them, it stands to reason, at least potentially, that God would save us from the slavery of sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 17 tells us that, But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. So yes, God has saved us from slavery too, the slavery of sin. And that is good news. Sin causes pain. Sin causes difficulty. Sin causes destruction. Sin causes death. And God has freed us from that slavery through the sacrifice and victory of Jesus Christ over death. Now, what about our second reading for today from the New Testament in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1? What kind of good news do we find here? The header of this section is titled, Christ, the Power and Wisdom of God. Now, personally, I would say that those words themselves are good news in making the claim that Christ is the power and is the wisdom of God. God, who we claim is all-powerful and all-knowing, which would therefore make Christ also all-powerful and all-knowing, and we would assume able then to save us, as we have already talked about. Richard L. Pratt, Jr., in the Holloman New Testament commentary, in focusing on verse 25, offers that Paul closed this paragraph by explaining how a person could accept the way of salvation in Christ as wise when most people consider it foolish. Believers have come to recognize something about the gospel of the crucified Christ. It is wiser than man's wisdom. In other words, the message of Christ peers into reality in ways that far exceed any human wisdom. And this, too, is good news. This truth gives us courage and confidence in our faith and belief in Jesus and what he did and who he was. Finally, we come to our last reading for this morning from the New Testament as well, from the second chapter of John's Gospel. This section, as I mentioned, is titled, Jesus Cleanses the Temple. Now that sounds pretty good, right? Jesus cleansing something that has been great in the past, um, like cleansing the people who had leprosy. That was fantastic, so this should be easy, right? Well, that might depend on whose perspective you're looking at this from. You see, as, as we heard in this story, we get to see a side of Jesus that doesn't really show up in Scripture too often. This is not the soft, fuzzy, let the little children come hang out with me, Jesus. This is a bit different version of the Jesus that many of us might be used to or familiar with. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. So, from the viewpoint of the sellers and the money changers, this was probably not good news. Uh, this was really more bad news. Their way to make money from people, and in most cases it was extorting the people, 
was now literally upended. But for the people who they were taking advantage of, well, this was more likely to be good news. But this is also good news for us as we get another example of Jesus claiming who and what he is and an example of him using the authority that comes with all of that. Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. There's, there's more good news here. If we continue reading on, the people question Jesus on what authority he can justify his actions. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then say, this temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you're going to do it in three days? But, as we learn, he's speaking about the temple of his body. And after he's raised from the dead, the disciples remember this, this engagement, this situation, this event, and remember what he had said, and it helps them in believing the scripture and the words that he had spoken. Here again, we have the good news, the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus, the very acts that lead to our salvation, the loving grace of God. And I'll be honest, after flipping the tables and breaking out the whip, I like to believe that he didn't say any of these words calmly or quietly, but I like to think it was more like an action hero right after they turn and walk away and the explosion goes off right behind them. There's a part of me that honestly wishes I could have been there to witness this. I mean, in addition to so many other things from scripture. But then there's also a part of me that is glad that I wasn't because I imagine this had to be a little bit scary seeing the authority that Jesus was using and held in this moment. Now, this was also good news for his disciples, even if at the time they didn't realize it or understand it. Verse 22, as I mentioned, said after he was raised from the dead, the disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Looking back, they would understand what he was really saying and how it was good news for them and for all believers. So now after going through our scripture readings for today, let's turn to the world we live in. Where else can we find some good news? Well, how about five medical innovations that you may or may not have heard about that happened in 2020, the year that most of us still equate to a never-ending nightmare? First, we have advances in DNA work in what some people are calling the ability to rewrite the code of life. What that means is that something for, like, say, sickle cell disease could be cut out of the genetic code. We potentially could prevent the suffering for so many people. Innovation number two is the numerous breakthroughs in heart disease and stroke research. These advances came together through some really incredible interdisciplinary research and a lot of hard work across seemingly desperate areas of medicine as described by the American Heart Association president, Dr. Mitchell S.V. Elkind. Innovation number three is all about new advancements made in oncology and the treatment of cancer. New preventative techniques that could allow for fast and more accurate cancer testing 
and even new work in developing a compound to degrade the androgen receptor for prostate cancer cells, which is what allows the cancer cells to grow. Innovation number four is the democratizing access to medical care. Due to the pandemic, more and more people have turned to telemedicine, like using Zoom for a doctor's office visit to access healthcare. Dr. William Morris, the executive medical director of Cleveland Clinic Innovation said, the pandemic facilitated a push at the government level and with state and fe federal regulators to reduce barriers to these tools that are critical lifelines for patients. We have in, in theory or in a way increased access to medical care. Innovation number five is one that really hits home personally for me. In 2020, a possible breakthrough in Alzheimer's disease research and treatment came forth in the form of a blood test that can diagnose this progressive form of dementia. I have had several family members and friends who have suffered from Alzheimer's and the idea that there is now a new way to diagnose it gives me hope for others. The test is still in the trial phase, but it could be a real game changer. There are as many as 5 million people living with Alzheimer's in just the United States. And that number is expected to triple by 2060, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Those five innovations are some incredibly good news in my opinion. Despite all the hardships and challenges of the pandemic last year and continuing into this year, these things were able to come together. And that too is good news. The innovations themselves are good news, but the fact that the innovations were made during such terrible times is also good news. It shows the strength of the human spirit, the push to help people, and the continued blessings of our God. So I want to challenge you all once again this week to keep looking for the good news in the world around you. Because it is there. There is good news all around us. Everywhere. It may not always be as groundbreaking as some of those medical innovations, but it doesn't have to be. Good news is good news, no matter how big or small. Good news brings us hope. It brings us together. Find that good news, and then just like the good news of Jesus Christ, go and share it with people. Let us be lights of hope to others. Amen. If you would please turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnals as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. <clears throat> the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, 
You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth you formed us into your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for forty days and forty nights, you bore up the ark on the waters, saved Noah and his family, and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and on your holy mountain he heard your still, small voice. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. When you gave him to save us from our sin, your spirit led him into the wilderness where he fasted 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sin, you raised him to life presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days, and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts, that during these 40 days of Lent we may be gifted in grace to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, And said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. 
The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion, and what that means is that our, our altar doesn't belong to me or to this church, to our denomination. The table belongs to Jesus Christ and he alone, and he has invited everyone to come and partake. It doesn't matter your age, your race, your ethnicity, your financial or social standing, your sexual orientation or identity, your physical or mental ability, all of those ways we always try and divide ourselves and the boxes we try and cram each other into, he doesn't see any of that. In the eyes of Jesus Christ, we are all the beloved children of God. All he asks is that you come forward with an open heart. This morning, we will continue in our uh, pandemic practices of taking communion individually. Uh, there are two ways you can do this. You can take your bread and dip it in your juice and then receive the two elements together. Or you can eat the bread and then drink the juice. Um, both ways are correct and acceptable. Neither one is more right than the other. Uh, it's whatever works best for you. But brothers and sisters, beloved children of God, I invite you now to partake of your communion elements, the body and blood of Christ given for you and all the world. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If you would please join me in our closing hymn number 269 in your hymnals, Lord, who throughout these 40 days... So teach 
Beloved children of God, thank you for being present today for our worship, and I pray that for those that you know who are not always able to be here with us, that you will pass along the good news to them, that they may share in that good news, they may feel the light and grace that it brings. In this Lenten week ahead, I encourage you to study God's commandments Practice the way of life they teach and see how God's law revives your soul. May God shine upon you. Christ fill you with true wisdom and strength. And the Holy Spirit guide you into all faithfulness now and forevermore. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen. And as a reminder, uh, we can get a few people to help us out. Uh, we have a few items in the narthex that we need to move out to the shed this morning. So if you're able to help out, we would really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.